I've been looking so forward to telling you three stories. <laughs> you are light. Don't move toward the darkness. Don't move to the places of lies and deception. When you have the light and truth right in front of you, you are light. Remember that now for yourself, for the parish, for your home, your situation, for our country, for the world. You are light. I had a chance to go to the Carlsbad Caverns in New Mexico one time, a number of years back. And it was the first time I had been in caves. And they took the whole tour group into the cave and lights were on and around and stuff. And you could see the formations, stalactites, stalagmites, and I always get them mixed up, whatever is up or down or whatever it is. It was just beautiful, the crystals and the walls and the covering. But there was one point when you were in the cave where the tour guide would all of a sudden turn off every single light. Everything. And when those lights went out, you could put your hand this close and you couldn't see it. It was so dark. And at a certain point when your fear level started to go up, and not sure if the person beside you was bumping into you or was irritant or dangerous, and all things start to run through your head in that darkness, the tour guide would light this one little match. And the entire cave was lit up. It's moving, so amazing. One little match. And it shone light on everything around. You are the light. We're not the people of darkness. And we have to continue to move in this direction of where is the light in our lives and root out those areas that just seem to stay dark and hidden and frightened. So I'd like to tell you two other stories other than Carlsbad. Of this challenge sometimes in, in our communities to always speak a truth, a light, a present. And the two stories I tell you are in two different parts of the world. But it's not about Guatemala and not about Cameroon. It's also about here. How are we looking at a light or choosing to be in dark? To see or to stay in blindness? We have a program in Los Angeles called the Lay Mission Helpers and Mission Doctors. They train lay people exactly like yourselves to go work in other countries as doctors or nurses, computer experts. And they've been doing this for over 50 years and they've sent over 700 missionaries, lay missionaries with their families and their kids to over 30 countries. So Mitch was uh, involved with a legal profession. He wasn't an attorney, but he worked with a group of attorneys. And Mitch was, when he was being trained here in Los Angeles, he spent the four months of training, and I thought he had to be the quietest guy I had ever met. He almost said nothing. Always respectful. He got all the, the material, studied as much as he could in preparing for going to his country of Guatemala. He was assigned to San Luis, a very poor area in the Patin region, the northern part of Guatemala, a place that was suffering off her, uh, 
under a lot of violence and gangs. Unfortunately, the courts were very ones that you could buy off the judges very easily. And that's where Mitch was assigned. He's a very, very quiet personality. I was sometimes wondering whether he'd even talk with the group of people and be able to pick up any further Spanish, okay, and just talking with the people. But what happened was amazing. I remember uh, he had, Mitch had mentioned that a few days before he had arrived, there was a robber because the judges could easily be bought off and the robbers would simply buy off a judge. The people locally got, became, became so frustrated with reality, they took the law into their own hands. And if you caught the robber, the people would beat him to death right there. That happened two days before he arrived in the town of San Luis. And what was happening was all kinds of efforts of things where people, their own voices were not being heard, not speaking up. And Mitch, just with his broken Spanish, ¿Cómo puedo ayudarte? How can I help you a little bit here? Start talking with the people and move from his, if you want to say, quiet shell into an intense passion for the poor. So that when he saw them being ripped off or stolen or the corruption of the judges, he began using all his legal skills to speak out a match in the dark. So much so that he began getting organizations like Amnesty International involved, international groups from Europe, start noticing what was going on in San Luis. And the town of the people where Mitch would normally be just someone hiding in the background started to see them as, he's our Mitch, Nuestra Mitch, in our community. When I visited him at the end of the year, Wherever I would go, Mitch would be sitting there quietly while the people would mob him just to the local town because he had become a light, this quiet guy. And he began to go to the courts and demand a justice and speak out the presence of truth. Amazing, amazing guy. The guy that I thought least to be chosen to speak out in a way publicly and lead to an international situation where the rights of the poorest were protected. Remember the first reading of today. Who did God choose? Eliab, the tallest of the sons of Jesse, the oldest one. They chose the youngest guy who was out taking care of the sheep, the littlest guy. David. And from that, the Spirit of the Lord came upon him and rushed upon him, and he became a source of unity for his whole people. Can we see with the eyes of God what he wants to do in our lives and the world around us? Sometimes it's not the person that's getting all the claim here. It might be the hidden one. That's the match in the dark that just shines. And while everybody who wants to see the light goes there, but there might be people who just do not want to see the light. They say, let's not go in that direction. Let's ignore that voice 
But there is no way, as our Christian faith has shown us, that you can ever bury the light. You might extinguish it here or there, but Christ always rises. We are the people of the resurrection. In challenges and difficulties before pandemics and struggles, when we think it just doesn't seem to end, Christ rises a light in the middle of the dark and says, be that light. The last story I want to share is about Eileen McKenzie, another lay missionary. Eileen was assigned that she's a nurse. She was assigned to Shisong Hospital in Cameroon, in western half, uh, in western Africa, just at the elbow of Africa as it's going down. And she was working with training nurses, and Eileen was an amazing person. Her personality is super dynamic. And she entered into the whole culture there in what they call the Kumbu area, an English-speaking area of, of Cameroon. She got to know the people in the market and the fawn or the king of the entire region of 100,000 people in that area. The king would even greet her. Ms. McKenzie, nice to meet you. Nice to see you, your highness. And she would always use the local cultural practice of just bowing and covering her face, which was a normal practice the women would do before the king. She learned the local culture and background. The people loved her. And she would teach these persons, mainly women, to be nurses in the area, in that area of Cameroon. Nurses were basically doctors that were out in the field. And it was super important that they knew their information because when you were out there in the field, you were by yourself. You make a mistake and you didn't understand the information, the person's dead. And so... Eileen would really take her training of her nurses very serious. And she'd speak to them and she'd inspire them. So you've got to learn all the material you can. Pick it up because we don't have an abundance of doctors here. You are the doctor. So every one of you have to work and pass these exams. And I'm going to demand an awful a lot of you because of the reality is so challenging. There was about three or four of the students who simply didn't want to do the background work. And they said to, they came up to Eileen and said, um, in our cultural tradition, the whole group supports each other. No one fails. I said, I respect that cultural tradition very strongly, but you're not all going out there when you're out in the bush. You're by yourself. And if you don't know the material, you're going to cost somebody's life. Eileen, don't be so dramatic about this. Just pass us with the rest of the group. After four years of serving in that area and being so highly regarded in the community, she was getting ready to return back to the States, Eileen. She gave her final exams and she, warned, and she told the students, you have to prepare. I'm not going to pass you if you don't complete the material. These are the basics here. Four of the students failed. And they spoke among themselves. If she doesn't pass us, we cut Eileen off from the community. What happened in the story today in the gospel? 
when the blind man who sees speaks to the Pharisees, Jesus made me see. You call him the Christ, you're out of the temple. You've been born in sin all your life. They throw him out of the area. Sometimes in our scene of fire, a light, our culture, our community, our group, the crowd that we hang with have no desire to see the light. We stay in a dark place. Eileen, after four years of serving the community, incredibly dedicated, left with hardly anybody greeting her. After hundreds of people watching, because she would not pass those four students. But what's amazing is in this story, her light continued to shine. She joined this community of Franciscan sisters of perpetual adoration. That was 20 years ago. She's now president in the entire religious community that serves all over the world. You can't bury the light. Whether in small little groups, in Shisong Hospital, whether it might be Guatemala and San Luis. When Christ gives you a light, you are the light. We must move towards it. My friends, today, the scriptures call us more strongly than anything else. Where is the light in your life? Follow it. If there's places of darkness, of lies, of deceptions, of hiddenness, things that have just started to become traps, conspiracies, blocks, move away from it. Move to Christ who is light. Gives us a description of who we are as Christians. Remember who you are. Amen. That light that rises inside of us, spread around us, and dispel the darkness of living in half life or half darkness. May the Spirit of God fill us with this presence of saying, Lord, I see you. I'm not going to keep my mouth quiet about this. I'm going to proclaim it to the mountaintops. We are the people of the resurrection. We are the people of the light. And this same fire burns in us that the Lord wishes to spread throughout the world. Amen. Amen.